Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Yeah, I have three ARVs for this house, four and a quarter being the lowest, 435 mid and then a 450 high. And I'm pretty conservative. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode and the interview with our best ever guest, I want to mention Fund That Flip because Fund That Flip is an online lender that gives you fast, convenient access to really affordable money that you need for your flip project. So if you're doing residential flips, then the main thing I imagine that you're focused on uh, or the main two things are the deal and the money. Uh, so if you've got the deal pipeline, but you need access to cash and you want to build a reputation within a, uh, a group that will continue to invest their dollars into your deals, then go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Uh, the, the founder of Fund That Flip is Matt Rodak, and he's actually one of my very first guests on the show. It's episode number seven. Um, so if you have a chance, go check that out too. familiarize yourself with Matt and um, what he's all about. But when you're needing money and you want an online lender that provides fast, convenient access to affordable capital for your flipping projects, then Fund That Flip's the way to go. Their team has over 200 deals under their belt. And uh, you can actually, this is crazy, you can actually be approved immediately within 30 seconds once you put in your information. Uh, so go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever and get some money for your flipping projects. Hi, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm Joe Fairless, and happy weekend. Hope you're having a Best Ever weekend. And we've got a special segment of the show called Situation Saturday, where for the most part, I'd say most Saturdays we do this. We give you a special treat where we put our Best Ever guest in a particular situation, and they tell us how they will solve the situation. And not, I guess not will solve, but rather past tense have solved the situation because we're not talking hypothetical scenarios. We're talking about situations that they've been in and solved. And it's a situation that you'll find both interesting and then also applicable to your investing career, whether it's directly applicable or indirectly applicable. 
I'm confident that you're going to find it valuable. With that being said, we've got a previous best ever guest and you can check out his best ever advice in episode 405 titled Banker Goes Flippin' Crazy. And that's in reference to his background before he started investing, not necessarily uh, any tantrums rather that he had on the show. With us today, we've got Eric Stutz. How you doing, Eric? Excellent. Nice to have you on the show again. And, and really quick, Eric is based in Long Island, New York. He's a full-time real estate investor and licensed real estate broker. He was a banker by trade and used to work for J.P. Morgan Chase. And he is also a buy and hold investor. He's done student housing, fix and flips, and participated in syndicated deals. And on average, uh, his deals, he makes between $75,000 and $80,000 a flip. Now... Situation Saturday, what we're going to talk about is a very specific circumstance that happened to him. And again, I think when we're listening to his story, let's put ourselves in his shoes and let's think about how would we solve for it. Because even if this specific scenario doesn't happen to you or me, then I'm confident we can still apply his problem-solving principles and what he used to make things happen to other deals and other scenarios that come across our way. So here's the situation, and, and I'll, I'll let him take it away. He came across a property, and he'll give all these details, but um, he came across a property. It had a very interesting contract that came with it, and it was cost-prohibitive if this contract was not in some form or fashion, change, whether it's removed or, or change or whatever. And with that being said, I'll go ahead and give it over to Eric. And Eric, you want to give us some context and some information about the situation and then what you did to solve it? Sure, no problem. Um, yeah, so uh, in, in searching for investment-grade properties here on Long Island, um, one of my searches is uh, for estate sales. And this property came across my desk. Um, that was an estate sale in Massapequa, New York, and the list price was 379000 And the price, it really wasn't the price that made me go, you know, take a look and set up an appointment to see it. It was, uh, it was the fact that it was an estate and it was an area that I'm, that I'm comfortable with. And when I first set up the appointment uh, to go see it, I was talking to the listing agent and, um, you know, First of all, the, the house was, was just based on the MLS data. It was, you know, also mis, mismarketed. Um, and when I called to set up the appointment, the agent started going into some details in regards to this solar lease that had to, to be sold with this property and had to be part of the contract. And she went on to explain that there was 19 years left on this solar lease. And she gave me you know, whatever specifics she had at that time. And again, it was, you know, she didn't have much information other than whatever she was told verbally from the heirs, which was, which is a daughter and her husband who live upstate New York. And again, I don't know why as a listing agent, she didn't have the solar lease contract as part of her, you know, listing package and, and have it in her folder for this house because it was a very critical thing to have uh, considering this house has to be sold with this 19-year lease and has to be transferred to the new owner. So with that said, 
I, I went to go take a look at it with, with relatively limited information. She did tell me that it was uh, there was a 19-year solar lease left, and it was $150 a month for 19 years, and that's pretty much the only data that I had at that point. Um, another thing I would like to mention is that she had the taxes, the total taxes for this property listed at 8167 dollars so $8,167. And those taxes were, were actually uh, about $5,500 less than what they actually are. So again, this particular agent uh, definitely did not do her homework on this particular property to figure out what the, the correct taxes really were as well as didn't have much information in regards to the solo lease other than a couple of uh, couple of variables that I had mentioned. So you got a purchase price or a list price rather of three seventy nine. The taxes aren't listed correctly, fifty five hundred dollars less. But then the big thing is that there's a solar lease on the property. There's nineteen years left on the solar lease and it's hundred and fifty dollars a month. So eighteen hundred dollars a year. Does that $1,800 a year? Well, okay, first I'll start big picture. What is this property worth? This property, like ARV? Yeah, yeah. The ARV that I'm coming up with this house is about a 440. Okay, 440K. List price is 379. How much to get it to be that 440? I'd be putting in about 50 grand. Got it. All right, so 380. So the number, you know, $10,000 profit basically, which isn't anywhere close to the seventy-five dollars to $80,000 that you aim for per flip. So what do you do? So I went out to go, you know, see the property. I checked it out again, started getting more and more details. Um, there's a neighbor next door, an older gentleman that showed right up when I went to go look at the property, asking questions. I come to find out that they're paying him 250 a month just to keep an eye on the property and mow the yard. And he wasn't, he wasn't doing, wasn't really doing a great job with, uh, with, with the yard and, and all. So essentially he was getting paid very well just to keep an eye on his neighbor's house. But in any case, so I, I go, I take a look at the property, all the exterior parts of the house are, are in good shape, newer vinyl siding, newer roof, uh, this, it's a it was a it's a colonialized cape. So originally it was a cape that was fully colonialized. It was done it was done in a really nice way. It had a nice portico in front. You really you couldn't see the solar panels from the street. I mean you'd have to walk back you know like a hundred yards to even see. So the solar panels, although they were there, definitely weren't were not an eyesore at all. Whereas on some of these other houses that have solar panels, like ranches, they kind of stick out. Sometimes they don't look so great. So that really didn't affect the uh, the curb appeal of this property. But the inside was was modified for, you know, a handicapped person. Like I was told, you know, after, you know, many conversations that she had spent like 25 grand redoing the first floor bathroom, which was really nice, nice tile, nice fixtures. But it was one of the has one of these handicapped tubs. And that's just something that, you know, obviously that was, you know, running my numbers. I'm going to salvage the, uh, you know, the vanity, the toilet, the floor, but I have to remove this, this, uh, handicap tub and, and it's a, it's a very high tub. So I'm going to have to remove the tile, which is brand new and either try to match that tile, get in a regular tub. Again, that was just one, one little aspect of the renovation part, but, um, 
a lot of wallpaper, a lot of paneling, original oak floors. But what this person did is uh, she ended up having Pergo installed over the oak floors. And I know that the oak floors are in good shape because I, I, I lifted up a couple pieces. So I know that I'm going to rip all that Pergo stuff up and, and you know, sand, have the, 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 the original oak floor sanded and polyurethaned. This house was also being used as a mother-daughter, meaning the upstairs was was a separate apartment. So they kind of built like this little temporary wall when you first walk in. I would say temporary wall, you know, a, a real wall with a door entrance to the first floor apartment. And then the staircase just goes straight up. That was a two-bedroom with a bath, a huge living room, kitchen combo. But that is something that, that I don't you know, that I'm, that I don't get into. Um, there is a decent market here on the Island for what we call mother daughters, or I call, I like to call them illegal two families. So (laughs) I'm definitely going to bring it back to, um, bring it back to a colonial and I'm going to, um, turn the upstairs into the the main living quarters for this particular house. Going to add a bathroom upstairs, you know, take the living room, make that a master suite, add a master bath with a walk-in closet, and then you have a you'll have your hall bath, which I need to renovate, and then you'll have two other nice sized bedrooms. But the thing that's interesting with these capes that are colonialized is that a typical cape has two bedrooms down and two bedrooms up. So the fact that they colonialized it, you know, essentially you could have all your bedrooms upstairs, but the first floor, you really can't, you know, unless you try it's almost impossible to open up the whole first floor because you have your your staircase is in the middle of the house. And so those other two bedrooms downstairs, I will call one of them, them a bedroom. And then maybe I will call another one, either a den and or an office. And I'm going to open up the kitchen. This was a house that has beautiful granite, some really nice, uh, nice sink and, and nice fixtures with 40 year old cabinets. So, I don't know if I'm going to be able to salvage the grant in this particular house. I, I budgeted to, to, to not be able to salvage it because I'm going to end up probably redoing the kitchen, opening up a wall or two. So the kitchen is open to the uh, living area as well as the dining area. So with further investigation, I figured out that the taxes, because it was an older person living there and it was, it was a, a handful of exemptions. Uh, there was a senior citizen's exemption. There was a, a vet's exemption, probably from her husband. There was an enhanced star exemption, which is a pro, uh, school tax exemption. And that's where that extra, you know, $5,500 difference came from. So I, I let the, the agent know what the real taxes were. And she uh, she went back into MLS and actually updated it, which which again, that's great. That was that was a plus for me because now I know that's going to make the house even, you know, harder to market and make it less marketable. And with that said, I I um I made an offer this prior to negotiating with uh, with the solar company. I made an original offer of two hundred and seventy three thousand dollars, in which she presented and. The, uh, you know, the, the, the daughter and her husband weren't too, uh, weren't too happy about that. And, you know, since the agent, you know, wasn't, you know, wasn't um, such a, you know, such a great agent, I told her, I said, look, if you want to be more than happy to present the offer with you. So we ended up doing a conference call with them upstate. And, you know, I presented my offer. I presented, you know, whatever facts I had at the time. Uh, in regards to taking over this solar lease, 
in regards to that the taxes really aren't 8100 they're really 14500 um that the house is going to need a lot of work and that you know I'm just I'm looking to buy this house, renovate it, put it back on the market and make a few dollars. I, you know, I said, I'm not looking, I'm looking for deals, not steals. And um, when I was on the conference call, the husband was, uh, he was on another line, you know, he was on another phone in the house and he started getting a little, little crazy, you know, started getting, getting loud and, you know, you're trying to steal this from us. This house is, you know, this is, this, this house is worth three and a quarter all day. It literally was pretty much shouting at me. With the phone and and we say there's no way there's no way we're going to give it to you for for, for two seventy three that's just that's way too low it's worth way more and you know as he got louder and louder I just politely uh, excused myself and said you know I'm going to have to uh, you know I'm going to have to get off the phone now I appreciate your time hung up the phone of course the uh, listing agent calls me right back and says I, I apologize this is pretty tough to deal with and you know obviously very very vocal with particular <laughs> property so. During the interim, I just was very patient and, um, you know, I, I knew there was a chance that they would call back. You know, she told me she was going to have another open house. Nothing happened. A real quick piece of information. They did have a deal that fell through prior to my 273 offer. They did have somebody that came in. I think they got as far as actually inspecting the property. But once they found out, you know, more details about the solar lease and that they were going to have to take this lease over, what the cost of it was, uh, they actually backed out. So they did have one deal that fell apart, which which also bolstered my position in going for this house at, at a price that works for me. Okay, and so they were wanting at least three twenty five, even though they had it listed for three seventy nine, and you were offering two seventy three. And you hadn't spoken to the solar company at this point. Over what period of time passed? I assume they reached out to you again. So over what period of time passed until they reached out? It was about my original offer was uh, the middle of July, and they reached out to me at the uh, at the end of September. So um, I would say a little little over a uh, little over two months, and they ended up you know getting back to me. I you know I. I I follow up on all of my deals. A lot of my deals take five months, six months, seven months. A lot of times I'm not the first accepted offer, but I do end up becoming the buyer when, when a 203 falls apart or when another deal falls apart. So, you know, I've learned to become very patient with a lot of these offers that I put out there. So, yeah, so I, so I was in touch, you know, occasionally with the, uh, with the listing agent, just asking her what's going on, um, any activity and, and she was still trying to work on them in regards to uh, getting them to accept a lower price. So, so when she finally called me, she said that at this point that they'd be willing to take two eighty five. It's all right. That's um, you know definitely getting closer to where I need to be to make this property make sense for me. So at that point, I decided to investigate a little further with the with the solar company. I ended up calling the solar company. They sent me a copy of the lease and they sent me a copy of the transfer agreement. So now I'm, I was dealing with you know somebody out in California who was going to be handling the transfer of this solar lease. And so I got this you know 20 page so you know 20 year solar lease contract. I reviewed it, I marked it up, and I came up with a bunch of things that I needed to have changed in this particular contract in order for me to to move forward and buy this house and again make it work for me 
And the solar company, believe it or not, they were actually very, very happy to work with me. And, you know, again, that took, I want to say, you know, anywhere from like two to three weeks of just kind of back and forth, you know, negotiating. Um, I pretty much asked for a $50 payment per month for 19 years. And again, there's a lot of details with the solar lease, but but um, the bottom line is that after the 19 years, you don't own it, you know, or after the 20 years, you don't own it. You either have to, you could either, you know, there's a buyout option at the end, you could renew it or you could have it removed. So, you know, I just wanted to, to have them give me a couple of options. So over a period of two or three weeks, I, again, I had asked, you know, they asked me what would work for me. I said a $50 payment. So eventually they got back to me with two options. They offered me a buyout option. So for 12, I think it was either 12 or $13,000, I could buy out the lease and have no lease payment for 20 years. But again, with these solar panels, which I wasn't aware of until this particular property came up, you know, you still have a, a, an electric bill. You still have to be connected with, with the electric company or local um, you know, electric grid. And you also have to have an internet connection so they could read the solar panels. And if you don't, the cost, is, the cost goes up. So again, these are all like just other costs that yeah. the 150 a month that this, that this woman was paying, she had to have an internet connection. If the payment wasn't, you know, um, taken out of her checking account directly, then the payment goes up another 750 a month. So there's a lot of these other little, little variables that, you know, that increase the cost of this lease. So in any case, they ended up getting back to me with two options, a buyout option for 12 or 13,000, which means if I, you know, at the closing, I, I would pay them 12 or 13 grand and there would essentially be no electric bill for the, the 19 years that were remaining with this lease. Of course, you would have your, your, your regular little electric bill, but I believe that with this particular house, you're going to end up getting credits because something I didn't mention earlier is that this house actually has gas. And all the major appliances in this house are gas. So to me, this is another huge reason why I can't believe that, you know, they let this older woman sign a 20-year solar lease uh, because the house has gas. All the major appliances are gas. So essentially, your electric is just your, your, your lighting and a couple of other smaller, smaller appliances, which, again, kind of I used as leverage in working with you know, negotiating with the solar company to get them down as much as possible. So, so they offered me the, 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 the buyout and then they offered me a new lower payment of $75 a month with no escalation clause. Again, it was in the original contract. It was totally for the solar company. Um, one, I mean, 100% in their favor. So what I was looking for was to get it, you know, either into my favor or at least, you know, half and half. So um, they did offer me a $75 a month payment with no escalation clause. Um, and to me, that 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 really made sense because I did investigate, you know, a house of this size, what the electric would, would cost considering the house has gas. Um, and and if, if this this particular, uh, um, these particular solar panels would actually bring credits on a monthly basis. So, um, I figured it out that I, I ended up choosing the $75 a month payment plan, which I'm very confident in. I'm going to be very comfortable selling the remaining lease. You know, by the time I'm done with this house, maybe there's going to be 18 years left and I'm, I'm completely comfortable 
selling a house, uh, you know, it's a five bed, two bath house um, with a $75 a month uh, solar lease in place. Um, again, um, the house does have gas. And I think that whoever buys this house, um, you know, including myself for the few months that I own, I really, I really don't use much electric when I'm, when I'm doing the renovations because I'm not, nobody's living in these houses. But, um, I think that, that I'm going to actually be able to sell this house, um, telling the new buyer that they're actually going to be getting credits on a monthly basis. So not only, you know, um, do they have this, this lower, you know, a nice low payment on 19 years left, but that they're, you know, I don't, I don't want to say on a, on a, monthly basis, but that there are going to be credits at times that their electric is going to be minimal and that they're going to be, that these solar panels are actually very beneficial, you know, for this house at that price. What, what was the escalation clause previously in the contract? It was, you said $150 a month for 19 years, but was it not fixed at 150? Correct. So every year there was like a four and a half percent escalation clause for the payment. So about six bucks to start out with and then go from there. So every year, so every year your, your new monthly payment, like you just said, would, would go up. So the next, you know, in the second year would be 156 and then eventually you're going to be, you know, $200 <laughs> again for a house that doesn't, you know, consume, you know, all that, you know, that much electric considering uh, the house does have gas. And I, I didn't share this information at the time with the listing agent or anybody else. Um, other than my attorney. And because um, at that time, I, so taking a step back, so I had these two relatively good options on the table. At one point, I almost agreed to the 285, but I didn't have the final negotiation. Um, I didn't have these two options in writing yet from the solar company. And I, I made a mistake and I, I sort of accepted the 285. And then, you know, a few days later, got the call from the solar company, had these two options on the table. And I just went back to the listing agent and said, look, at this point, you know, I, you know, based on all the information that I have, I can't do the 285. I, it's just, again, that, that number is not going to work. So I came up with a, a new lower offer of 275 and she went back to the, uh, back to the owners and um, got them to agree to the 275. Again, it was, it's an all cash offer. It sent their proof of funds. I'm ready to go. And I got them to accept a new lower offer of 275. I opted for the $75 a month payment for the solar lease, which makes it much more marketable, makes it marketable. Like again, the, the, the current lease that's in place is not even, you know, makes the house unmarketable. So, and yeah, so I went in with a, with a lower price and you're selling it for 440, right? Or you will sell it for 440. Yep. That's the projection. And so we're going to subtract 440. You said 50,000 is what you need to put into it roughly? Yeah, I have I'm just trying to think here. I just want to see my numbers. I have 50 and then another 35 in carrying closing costs. Again, the taxes on this property are 145, which I'm going to so I'm going to be paying, you know, 13, 1400 a month carrying. I am going to be doing, you know, taking out a private equity loan for, you know, let's say two thirty. So, so again, yeah, fifty in reno, and then another thirty-five in carrying and closing. So total, we're looking at around like eighty-five grand. Okay, so four forty minus eighty-five grand is three fifty-five minus you paid two seventy-five for it. Correct. 
All right, there's your eighty thousand. That's the magic number for you. Seventy-five, eighty thousand dollars of flip, give or take. You know, give or take. Yeah, of course. Yeah, these these aren't exact to the penny numbers because it's not done yet. <laughs> yeah, I give myself. I have three ARVs for this house. Four and a quarter being the lowest. Four thirty-five mid, and then a four fifty high. And I'm pretty conservative. I mean, you know, I think I could hit that mid mid to upper ARV on this particular property. So yeah. All right. Well, Eric, this has been quite the learning experience. And boy, I'm it's so cool to hear the play by play as this was happening or not as it was happening. But I felt like that maybe that's I, I, maybe it's a 40 and slip. I felt like it was happening as you were talking. I mean, yeah, I, I was really in really into it. And some of the takeaways. One is the solar lease ended up being an opportunity because that uh, I, it's, it's likely that that scared some people away in addition to the taxes and just the overall condition of the property for people who, who weren't experienced in it. And also the listing price of 479, which you know the husband was confident that he could they could get 325. So that just shows the major spread that was there. Then you ended up offering 270, 273 and ended up closing at 275. And then the negotiations that you had with the solar lease company. So there's a major takeaway there. When you look at solar leases, take a look at the escalation clauses. Take a look at what is required for that company to actually facilitate the solar lease contract, like the internet connection, like having electricity or connected to the electric company. And then take a look at what is needed for your property for electric and what is needed for gas and how much you could actually save for it. So really doing the due diligence throughout. And then, you know, also due diligence on taxes too, where, you know, the the previous owner had the senior citizen discount, a veterans discount and one other thing. So a lot of things to learn, a lot of lessons and a lot of takeaways for the situation Saturday. Eric, Thank you so much for being on the show. And what's a way that the best ever listeners can reach you? Thank you uh, very much for having me on the show. And I can be reached at eric at largecapproperties.com. I could be found on LinkedIn. And if anybody wants to give me a buzz, I can be reached at 516-208-7272. All right, Eric. Hope you have the best ever weekend. Talk to you soon. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. If you need money for your flipping project, then go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. You'll know within 30 seconds if you're approved or not to get money for your residential flip. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, join me in subscribing to the Family Office Podcast. The host, Richard Wilson, you can learn more about him, episode 447, The Reason Why you'll want to subscribe and listen to this podcast is he talks about how billionaire families think and how to attract the ultra wealthy into your business. The Family Office Podcast.